<laughs> oh wow, that was a noise. Welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. What, why the NPR voice? Why are you pausing between words? I'm sorry. I don't quite understand what you're asking. What is happening? I'm Did having, we miss something? I'm having flashbacks to editing you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Ha ha. Ha ha. What are you going for What's here? What's in that wine? I don't know. Happy Listener Appreciation Month. Happy Listener Appreciation Month. Hi, guys. I'm sorry. We're three quarters of the way there. Woot. 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 So are y'all ready for a listener story? Always. Yes. Or in my case, story. Did I close the fucking tab? Rebecca, you moron. Oh, hey, Tiffany. What's up, home skillet? I'm At least I'm looking in the correct place for my file. Shut up. <laughs> Thank you, by the way, for pulling up my notes last week because <laughs> I couldn't find them. Okay. We had a patron. We did. His name is Jacob. I was right. I was right. Ooh, ooh. We have no evidence of that. And he suggested a couple women for me to research into. Ooh. He actually suggested four. I had time to research three. Okay. Because okay. I'm a slacker, but in Google Drive wasn't Mahoots, it's pages. I had like five pages of notes, so we should be fine. Oh, dang. Look at you. Closing tabs like Tiffany, having all the notes like me. <laughs> one of us. One of us. Okay. Also, Jacob is one of us, and you guys should join Discord and hang out with him. Mm -hmm. Links in the description. Are you guys ready for our first wonderful woman? Always. Always. And there is a theme. <gasps> Ooh, hotties? Sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. In a podcast form, we are going to track <laughs> talk about stereotypically attractive females. Yes. I'm fine with that. I know you would be. So Sarah Tabitha Babbitt lived from December 9th, 1779 to December 10th, 1853. Is she a witch? She was born in Hardwick, Massachusetts, and she was also a weaver. A weaver? Oh. Like an yeah. underwater basket weaver? No. She was part of the Harvard Shakers community, and that's important because it'll come back later. <gasps> oh, you, are those... Hold on. <laughs> One question at a time. Do you explain what she is a weaver? <laughs> <laughs> Did you mean a shaker? No, she's talking about the weaving. She just doesn't know <laughs> how to no do idea words. What the string of words that just came out of my mouth was. Do you explain what you mean by a weaver? Is she like a basket weaver? No, like with cloth and a loom. Oh, I knew that. Do you guys not know what weaving is? No. Uh, but the shakers, is that what they do in Have the Have you ever made those pot holders when you were a kid with like yes. the yeah. that weaving? Okay. But back to the shakers, is that like in Gilmore Girls? I don't know. When she attends Harvard and they jump off the cliff in their suits and ball gowns and umbrellas? That's a hazing ritual. No. No, that was a club that she was part of. It was well, not the shakers. I don't remember what they were called. Okay. But this was also, this story takes place in the time that they were replicating in that club in Harvard. So, okay, so they maybe. may have been replicating the original Shakers. Anyway, carry on. Anyway, one day Babbitt was observing workmen in a sawmill stop whispering. Sorry, there's a character named Babette in Gilmore Girls too. I got really excited. 
One day, Babbitt was observing workmen in a sawmill using a two-man whip saw. So thinking that cartoon saw you see where it's Mm -hmm. two guys on each side, back, forth, back, forth to cut down a tree. And she noticed because of how the saw was designed, half of the men's motions were wasted. And that's because of the way the teeth are cut on the saw. It only cuts one way. So when you draw it back, it's not doing doing anything. So you have to drop forward, pull it back. Nothing happens. Drop forward, pull back. Nothing happens. Lots of ways of motion. This is what inspired her idea to create a circular saw so that there would be no wasted motion during use. So she eventually made a prototype testing it by attaching the blade to her spinning wheel, which sounds (gasps) badass. What? That does sound badass. Sleeping Beauty, who? Right. Had a spinning wheel, you wouldn't have pricked your finger. Well, wait, there wait, wouldn't be a finger. A saw. On, carry on. Uh, the saw would be connected to a water-powered machine. So allegedly, the first saw she made is currently in Albany, New York. There are other inventions that are accredited to her, such as processes to manufacture false teeth. But because she was a shaker, Babbitt did not patent her inventions. This is... It due in part to her being a shaker. And according to my research from millarchive.com, Tabitha was a member of the Shakers, a Christian sect founded circa 1747 in England who had emigrated and settled in revolutionary colonial America. Their core beliefs centered around a perfect society created through communal living, gender and racial equality, pacifism, confession of sin, celibacy, and separation from the world. As such, they valued hard manual work, a simple lifestyle, and thrived on the forestry industry. So what does that have to do with this? Uh, It's not the Gilmore Girls thing. Okay. (laughs) Rebecca's like, we established that at the top of the episode. So this is important because Shakers did not believe one should apply for patents since discoveries such as this would be shared by the community as a whole. Oh. I like that thought process yeah so but however because she didn't patent it there is some dispute if she really was the one who invented it parentheses yay capitalism yeah so shakers and i could be totally wrong but they sound like relatively kind of amish i I was thinking i don't know i don't because it rhymes (laughs) ashley (laughs) i just got movers and quakers in my head I have no idea. I didn't dive into that religion belief system, right. that area, because it wasn't like outside of the patent thing. It wasn't pertinent to the story. story. Gotcha. Yeah. So that was Sarah Babbitt. Uh, Sarah Babbitt, Babbitt. Babbitt sounds like a badass. And all I could think about was like, and I know this is stupid, but so when you said a circular saw, I pictured somebody standing in the middle with a post and like... <laughs> running the saw <laughs> up against the tree but then wait, you said the spinning wait. wheel and i was like how the hell wait wait <laughs> hold up i was like how the hell are like you like a party get- favor <laughs> and then i was like how the hell are you gonna get that on the tree because it sits up right i what are you picturing a spinning wheel like she, she's in, in sleeping beauty uh-huh. well she was imagining i'm imagining like someone with the saw holding it up in the air and just running around a tree until this Saw no! cuts it down. No, I was no, picturing that's like crazy. Uh, okay, a circular saw has a little hole in the middle for you to connect it to the saw. Uh-huh. I was picturing like a stick on there, like an umbrella. Yeah, and just like spinning the stick to cut the tree. <laughs> How would that work? I mean, a lot of strength. She's. I, I kind of get what you're saying. Thank you. Like instead of having it being powered by water, you like spin the, but. My party favor idea is a lot more fun to think about. I just like Tiffany's visualization of someone just running around a tree with a saw. 
Um, and I also wish that like I could come up with something genius by watching two hot guys t- cut down a tree because mm. you know that's how that started. She was like, "Dang, look at them cutting!" Huh? Wait a second. That could be I'm more smarter efficient. than this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also like it seems like it would be something you would see in like oh if. I immediately, when you said that it, one of the moves was wasted because there it only cut one way, I was immediately like, okay, make it like a kitchen knife where it's like serrated on both sides so you can just see, 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 see. So maybe yeah, I'm going to be the next Babette. I mean, that works for meat where you're physically cutting, but with wood, you get like chips built up in the teeth. So it's not like you're getting a clean cut. You're actually digging stuff out and you don't have room for those chips to get away like you would with a back and forth motion like that. You will end up with broken blades, rubbing, potentially fire. Got it. Not a good idea. No. I'm not the next Bebet. Continue. Okay. <laughs> this one you'll like. marked that one off the this list. This one you'll like. Well, you like the other one. This one you'll really like. Ruth Graves Wakefield. She was born on June 17th, 1903 as Ruth Jones Graves to Fred and Helen. She grew up in Easton, Massachusetts, graduated from Oliver Ames High School in 1920, received further education at Framingham State Normal School Department of Household Arts in 1924. That's a lot of names. (laughs) Say that school again. Framingham State Normal School Department of Household Arts. Okay. She uh, worked for Borkton High School as a... Guess, guess, guess. Home ec teacher. Yeah, home ec teacher. She also did work as a hospital dietitian and a service director for a utility company. Okay, queen. Because why not? Ruth was married to Kenneth Donald Wakefield and had a son who was named... Kenneth Donald Wakefield? Junior. And a daughter named Mary Jane Wakefield. In 1930, Ruth and her husband decided to buy a tourist lodge. Tourist? Tourist? It's fine. The Tur- lodge? A turret lodge. <laughs> pew, pew. The, that's a castle. Well, all the turrets in Matthew's video game shoot people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so my comment stands. <laughs> pew, pew. Pew pew, spaceman. Okay. Man. Uh, okay. Uh, so in um, where was I? 1930 brought a tourist lodge. The lodge was located in Whitman, which is in Plymouth County, which is halfway between Boston and New Bedford, which are familiar with Massachusetts means something to you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't geography. I know Boston is like in Massachusetts and that's about it. Yep. So. Historically, the lodge was a place where passengers were able, for a toll, change horses and eat hot home-cooked meals. It was because of this history, Ruth and her husband decided to name the place Toll House Inn. Uh, (gasps) Toll House Cookies? There's a lot of information in my brain right now, so I'm going to get out the first one that came to my head. Change horses? Yeah, like when you've been riding the entire day, you need to drop off your horse and let them recuperate and then pick up another one so you can keep going. Wait. So people just like abandoned their horses? It's not abandoning them. Did they come back for them? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't know how horse. I'm assuming it's like a horse ride share. <laughs> it's <Aww>. horse Uber. <laughs> I don't like it. And cookies? This is a tool house <laughs> cookie lady, right? Nestle tool house. Nestle tool house. <laughs> Uh, the inn became very popular and attracted notable people such as U.S. Ambassador Joseph Kennedy Sr. That was partially due to Ruth's cooking, specifically her lobster dinners and desserts. Her cookies! 
Her staple was thin butterscotch cookies that were served with ice cream. Butterscotch. butterscotch. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. One dessert made its way to become a household classic. This is where things get a little fuzzy. Some sources say she was inspired by a trip to Egypt. Some mentioned her assistant, Sue Brides, was experimenting with pecan drop cookies. In a second, I'll explain why that's relevant. Some say Wakefield simply ran out of baking chocolate. Some say she decided to add chocolate and expected it to like run through the cookie dough. And then it didn't because sometimes it happens, right? Like if you use like something that's melty like peppermint, Mm -hmm. it can melt and just get all over your baking dish. Not pretty or fun to clean up, but tasty. Um, A lot of sources say adding Nestle's semi-sweet chocolate was an intentional addition. But the reason they specifically mentioned the pecan drop cookies is, okay, I've made a lot of cookies in my time. I just know what goes into cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Pecan drop cookies are basically chocolate chip cookies where instead of adding chocolate chips, you add pecans. Okay. Okay. Which was why it would make sense to me that that's mentioned. Yeah. Woo. 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 Baking science. Wakefield said, we had been serving a thin butterscotch nut cookie with ice cream. Everyone seemed to love it, but I was trying to give them something different, so I came up with Toll House Cookie. Oh, look at her. Because of Wakefield's incredible food abilities, she wrote a cookbook, Toll House Tried and True Recipes, which went through 39 printings. Whoa. It was in the ninth edition in 1938 that first included the Toll House Chocolate Crunch Cookie. Okay. Whoa. Hold up. Nestle cookies, Nestle Toll House cookies are the bomb.com. I need the rest of her recipes. It's on the bag. No, I need the rest of her oh, recipes. recipes. Good luck fi- <laughs> good luck finding that. You're good. Instead. <laughs> Y'all's interactions today have been beautiful and I'm so glad I'm part of your lives. <laughs> It's on the bag. Um, Did you not watch Friends? <laughs> so the Who cookies knows? were popular. Yeah. yeah shit. Like super popular. So much so that in World War II, because that was kind of a thing that was happening at that time. When soldiers from Massachusetts shared cookies that, that, were, that were sent to them in their care package, other soldiers started writing home saying, I want these cookies. Where do you get these cookies? And everyone started requesting them. So blah, blah, blah. Adam Smith supply and demand. Everyone was buying Nestle semi-sweet cookie (laughs) chocolate bars to make these cookies. Smith's blind man. You're so smart. <laughs> do you know where that's from? Yes, I do, but I wasn't expecting to have it dropped on us during a Ladies a Strange episode because we're not that smart. I'm going to call you out. Where is that from? From the books, the books you read in school. Who's Adam Smith? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have it known that I was it aggressively a, shaking my head no when it she is asked a if I did. Very it was popular. From economics book called wealth of nations written by adam smith it's typically read in college but because i'm a high schooler i read it in high school i read because you're a homeschooler yeah not I a read, high schooler i read i had an economics class in high school so that's what i was saying the the textbook it's not a textbook it's what i read no it's not it was probably part of your curriculum it probably, but it was not your on, economics I'm textbook <laughs> okay tell us more about cookies uh, We're getting aggressive over here. Everyone wanted the recipe. Duh. But Adam Smith said no. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. He was, no. <laughs> I know. This caused Andrew Nestle to make a business arrangement with Wakefield. Wakefield would give Nestle the right to use her cookie recipe and name, Toll House. Mm-hmm. In return, Wakefield would receive $1 and a lifetime supply of Nestle chocolate. 
I don't know about negotiations. I don't know how much chocolate she was going through. But if she's going through enough chocolate, that's fair. Because you're making money. Yeah. One dollar. One dollar. It's probably some legalese thing. I mean, it is because you have to have, they probably wanted to trade just the recipe for the chocolate, but they had to have some sort of wealth transfer to make it an official sale. Yeah. Wealth, like a wealth of nations. This was a pivotal moment. Nestle started marketing their chocolate chips to be used specifically with cookies and printing the infamous recipe on the packaging. Wow. I have done nothing with my life. (laughs) Hagrid's going to get home and go, what you doing? I'm making a new cookie so I can be remembered. Babe, you're using olives. That's mine. I'm going to get a dollar too. <laughs> yeah, and free olives. We're fine. No, we're not. Finally, we uh, we have Hedy Lamar. Lamar was originally Hedwig Eva Keisler, born in Vienna, Austria, on November 9th, 1914. She's not an owl. <laughs> I saw your face. She's not an owl, and she was born into a well-to-do Jewish family. And when? 1914. That's not a good time to be born into a well-to-do Jewish family. Yeah. Did you say well-to-do Jewish family? Yeah. Okay. I didn't hear that part. I gathered. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She was an only child and her father, who was a bank director, would often take her on walks and explain how things worked around them. So like this awesome dude would take his daughter during a time where it wasn't, I'm assuming it wasn't common to do that. Not only do that, but like explain to her how the world worked around here. Shocker. What? That should be teaching her how to cook. Yeah, but cable cars. No. And electricity. Fully. (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't feel so bad anymore. It's fine. (laughs) So at five years of age, Lamar would take apart and reassemble music boxes to understand how they worked. Yes. Which, guys, if your kid is doing this, there's nothing wrong with them. No. Because my dad was doing this. My grandmother had him tested. (laughs) Oh, Nothing's wrong with them. They're just figuring out how shit works. Just Give them a VHS player that say. you don't use. Let them go to town. Tell them not to plug it in, but let them go to town. Uh, go to Goodwill. Yeah. Cut the power cord and give them some tools. Have fun. Go wild. Figure yeah. out why it does the thing. Right. And then maybe at some point you can reattach the power cord. No. Not if it's my kid. If they're smart enough to disassemble and then reassemble correctly in a piece of electronics. Then it's not my kid. <laughs> I say that, but my daughter's really smart, so she gets it from her dad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Lamar's mother was a pianist and had Lamar in ballet and piano lessons from a young age. She starred in productions as a high schooler and eventually started doing films. So she did films, grew up. This is straight from womanhistory.org. Austrian munitions dealer Fritz Mondel? I don't, I'm sorry. Became one of Lamar's adoring fans when he saw her in the play Sissy. Lamar and Mandel married in 1933, but it was short-lived. She once said, I knew very soon that I could never be an actress while I was his wife. He was the absolute monarch in his marriage. I was like a doll. I was like a thing, some object of art which had to be guarded and imprisoned. Having no mind, no life of its own. She was incredibly unhappy as she was forced to play host and smile on demand amongst Mandel's friends and scandalous business partners, some of whom were associated with the Nazi party. No, She escaped from Mandel's grasp in 1937 by fleeing to London, but took with her the knowledge gained from dinner table conversation over wartime weaponry. Oh, yes. (laughs) Sucks for you, Nazis. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I concur. 
A cooker. A cooker. A cooker. So it was while in London that her beauty was noticed by Louis B. Mayer of MGM Studios, and she was whisked away to Hollywood. Oh. Well, probably what most widely known for her work in Hollywood, including starring opposite Clark Gable in Boomtown and oh. Comrade X in 1940. Lucky. I don't know what that movie is, but Clark Gable, man. Well, eh. Hedy Lamar was also an inventor. Wasn't. Okay, cut if you need to. But did she have something to do with um computers? Like the the out like she what she worked on led to. Okay. We'll get to it. What was your uh, about Clark Gable? Not a good man. No. What man in the 40s or 50s was? Valid. Uh, reportedly, Lamar was self-taught and had no formal training. Almost want to say education, but that doesn't really quite fit here since that would specifically reference a college degree. And she was very, very smart. Yeah. I don't want to diminish like her ability by saying, oh, she doesn't have a degree. No, she was so she's more capable than most of the engineers I went to school with. Fair. Uh, In her spare time, she liked to tinker. She improved stoplights. Don't ask me how. It's black magic anyway. (laughs) And invented a table that when dropped, or sorry, invented a tablet that when dropped into water turned the water into a carbonated drink. No, it wasn't Alka Seltzer. Yes, they tasted similarly. What? Right, it, it, girl. Who needs a degree? So tycoon Howard Hughes was one of the few people who knew of Lamar's skill. While they were dating, he would take Lamar through his airplane factories. After buying books on fish and birds, Lamar pointed out that the design of Hughes airplanes were too boxy and correctly assumed that made them slow. She suggested a more streamlined shape based on the book she read. You're a genius, was Hughes' response, which is the only correct response. Yes. When women are correct. While they did briefly date during that time, Hughes reported to always support her hobbies and made his team of scientists and engineers available for her disposal, which is super sweet. But me being cynical was like, why? Why are you letting them be at her disposal? You want the smarts. Uh, He wants the smarts and that poo nanny. Oh, my God. Okay. There's two types of people, and they're on this podcast. Does anyone remember the major thing that started happening in 1939? Does it have anything to do with the World War? What? What? We already did that, though. Is there a second one? I mean, I've heard rumors of a second. That history repeats itself. What? (laughs) During World War II, Lamar learned that radio that controlled torpedoes an emerging technology in naval war could easily be jammed and set off course. This led her to think of something called a frequency hopping signal. Stay with me. So from Wikipedia, a frequency hopping spread spectrum, so an FHSS, is a method of transmitting radio signals by rapidly changing the carrier frequency among many distinct frequencies occupying a large spectral band. The changes are controlled by a code known to both transmitter and receiver. So... Different explanation. Good. Imagine you and your friend have a set of tubes to communicate with. Your nosy neighbor likes to also listen in on your conversation through Root. these tubes. You mm-hmm. avoid your nosy neighbor by coordinating which tube you're currently using at any point during the conversation. Got it. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> I like that a lot more. <laughs> Thanks for explaining it like we're five. I appreciate you. There's multiple types of people listening to this podcast. Explain it like I'm seven. Okay, explain it, it like, like I'm, I'm five. five. <laughs> So after coming up with the idea, she contacted her friend, George Anthel, who was a composer and pianist. Together, they came up with a device which was first demonstrated by synchronizing a miniature player piano mechanism with radio signals. They drafted designs for the frequency hopping system, which they patented. 
Anthel recalled, we began work talking about the war, which in the late summer of 1940 was looking most extremely black. Hetty said that she did not feel very comfortable sitting there in Hollywood and making lots of money when things were in such a state. She said that she knew a good deal about munitions and various secret weapons and that she was thinking seriously of quitting MGM and going to Washington, D.C. to offer her services to the newly established National Inventors Council. As quoted from a 1945 Stars and Stripes interview, Hetty modestly admitted she did only creative work on the invention, while the composer and author George Anthel did the really important chemical part. Hetty was not too clear about how the device worked, but she remembered that she and Anthel sat down on her living room rug and were using a silver matchbox with the matches, simulating the wiring of the invented thing. She said that at the start of the war, which I feel like she's downplaying herself Mm -hmm. because... She was conditioned to do so her entire life. I mean, there is a difference between making the idea work and having the idea, but you need both to make it happen. And both are equally important and incredible. Well, and she didn't just have the idea. Like, she was a integral part of creating it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like she was like, it'd be cool if it did this. Okay, bye. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's so smart, and I want to be her friend. So, Hetty said that she thought of the idea for for my invention when I tried to think of some way to even the balance for the British and this was in response to her seeing how like the war was going for them mm-hmm. a radio controlled torpedo I thought would do it which fair yeah, yeah. Uh, their invention was granted a patent under US 2,292,387 on August 11th 1942 filed using her married name Hetty Keisler Markey I didn't dive into her relations relationships she was married three times she did have a very successful career in hollywood i wanted to talk about the science part yeah absolutely fair enough so while this was awesome something happened that causes major delays to widespread use even today the technology was hard to implement uh sure i would imagine yeah it's not just tubes connected between your houses no Dang. damn it also oh, the u.s dang. navy wasn't exactly receptive to outside ideas at this time oh. especially by a woman yeah egos they're so yeah. in the navy what? what so regardless her technology was classified as red hot and eventually adapted to develop a sono buoy oh in 1957 before the patent expired so patents are good for like 20 years i don't know the details i'm not a patent attorney but basically patent says you have exclusive rights to this for an x amount of time right. before it's public domain um the navy denied this too eventually in 1962 during the cuban missile crisis an updated version was installed on meet navy's ships so they eventually got on board <laughs> on board and it's a ship today this type of technology is incorporated into our daily lives in the form of bluetooth technology and legacy versions of wi-fi hey, hey. black magic and that is some crazy lady inventor scientist crazy lady inventor I can't even say the words. It's never going to be me. (laughs) They're fascinating. You go, Lady Cocos. I'm proud of you. Lady Cocos. Yeah. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. Good job, guys. You know what? I'm very excited about the Wi-Fi one. I appreciate that because I use that a lot. And Bluetooth I use a lot because my new phone doesn't have a stupid headphone connector piece. So I have to use Bluetooth headphones. But it's all because of her and I appreciate it. Good story. You good? No. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> Woohoo! That was fun. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. Thanks, Jacob. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jacob. And thank you so much to all of our dear friends who submitted topics this month. As Rebecca says at the end of the episode, we're always open to them. So yeah. send them our way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and stay tuned for 
Bonus Jonas. Listener stories. Yep. Kelvin. Mm-hmm. That's what we should have called him. Kelvin Tales. Kelvin Tales. <laughs> it's Kelvin Tales. Okay. You, you good? Kelvin Tales. <laughs> On that note, remember, friends, everyone has something that they find odd. Let us tell you why it's not. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, ladiesestrange.com, or you can talk with us on Discord. Join us. We have fun. Join us. Or you can email stuff to us at theladiesestrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can tell your friends about us. I forgot what I normally say. Or subscribe, rate, and review. Or join us on Discord. Or be some kick-ass lady inventor and, you know, not know we exist. That's fine, too. We love you. Boo. Keep it strange. Lovely. (laughs) You good? I don't know. (laughs) Goodbye, friends. Bye.